Now, part of being human is experiencing life's ups and downs and the emotional pain that comes with that. In fact, that pain, as much as we try to avoid it, is arguably unavoidable. But according to our next guest, emotional pain serves an evolutionary purpose. Dr. Carrie Hayward is a Melbourne-based clinical psychologist who specialises in something called acceptance and commitment therapy, or ACT. And she has a new book series called The Being Human Collection. Dr. Carrie Hayward joins me now. Hi. Hi, Jesse. Thank you for having me. Nice to chat to you. There's a quote in one of the books by the author Haruki Murakami, pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. Is that a, t- a key takeaway from your work here? It certainly is, yeah. It's a, a large part of what the, the book is focused on and, and what it's communicating and in particular uh, something we really struggle with in terms of that concept. I do have talked to psychologists before on the show, but they're usually uh, talking about non-fiction books. But this is a collection of short stories, correct? Mm, yeah, look, it's a bit of a hybrid. So the the, the, story, the, the books are a short story, and so each book starts with a short story that are really communicating the, the teachings. Um, but each book is also followed by uh, more of the nonfiction content. So uh, we really sort of delve into what the story is trying to teach. So it's a bit of both. Why did you decide to approach this topic in this way? Yeah, look, I think um, mostly because of the the power of storytelling, really. Um, storytelling manages to have this impact on us by really connecting to us emotionally. Um, we find that we can really relate to what the story is telling us and it has a way of, yeah, really reaching us and resonating with us. Um, and so the work I've done with clients over the years, I've, I've noticed by how well they respond to story, which was a large part of, of what inspired the books. And the stories sort of cover the four major tenets of this therapy that you specialise in, acceptance and commitment mm. therapy. Can you tell us a bit about that? How long has it been around for and how does it differ from other sorts of therapy people may have come across? Mm. Yeah, it's classified as one of the sort of new new wave of therapies. It's probably been around for, well, I'd say, about 30 to 40 years. So it's not brand new, but it's certainly um, more recent compared to other therapies. How it differs um look it's probably it's probably more similar rather than different to a lot of what's out there what we find with different therapies is a lot of the the teachings a lot of the principles that they're they're founded on are actually very similar um but the the way that it's taught and and I guess what we focus on is what what differs and and we've act a large part of the work in ACT is really helping us to bring awareness to to our very typical norm and normal human experiences and how we are actually hardwired to innately struggle with a, a lot of our, our psychology. Um, and by, by becoming more aware of those experiences, it then puts us in a position where we have greater choice over what we do in response and in particularly how we show up and how we behave. 
And ultimately, we're wanting our responses and behaviours to be more aligned with our value system, which is essentially the person we want to be and really what matters to us and how we want to live our life. So it's learning to live more consciously in that way and with greater connection to ourselves, other people in the world, which is essentially why we're here. Yeah, perhaps you could uh, do what your book does, which is to take us through a story and then uh, and then... Um, explain what that story is teaching us. For example, there's one called The Lost Son. Mm, mm. Yes, The Lost Son is is the first book in the series and it's based on Winnie who is a young woman who's experiencing a lot of change and uncertainty in her life and it really represents our innate struggle with change and uncertainty. As human beings, we don't do very well with change and uncertainty and that's because uh, we we seek a lot of control and certainty in our lives to feel safe. And so our mind is actually hardwired to seek uh, control, certainty and comfort. It, it feels a lot safer when we have that. The problem is we don't. And so there's a lot in the world, obviously, we can't control. And, and therefore a lot in terms of how we feel in reaction to that, that, that is difficult and hard. And again, we can't control. And so the story really illustrates that. Um, and Winnie is, you know, it, it depicts how much she struggles with that and how much she wants to find control and and comfort again to feel safe and happy. And that is illustrated through the metaphor of the weather, the weather indicating um, something we obviously can't control and, and typically what we do struggle with in terms of when life goes wrong. Um, and so the, the story really really explores her, as I said, her innate struggle with that. And ultimately the the main focus of the book is, is communicating how our attention is in the wrong place. We're looking for comfort and control from the world and, and from our emotional experience, which doesn't always exist. And the book therefore teaches us how we can find our, you know, our groundedness and how we can cope with life going wrong and cope with those emotional experiences in a much more effective way and still experience meaning and purpose even when life goes wrong. Tell me about the one, the flower in the pocket, because this uh, relates directly to that Murakami quote, which I mentioned earlier. Mm, mm. So the flower in the pocket is really focusing on the emotional experience and, and, as I said, the pain that inevitably exists when life goes wrong. And, again, we're hardwired to struggle with that pain. That pain is is seen as a threat. Um, and so our mind really will innately and automatically struggle with that. And so the flower in the pocket is really looking at that and teaching us how we can actually respond to pain quite differently and in particular helping us to see the meaning in pain. Um, A really helpful thing to to recognise in terms of our emotional pain is that it's underpinned by what we care about. Steve Hayes, who's the founder of Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, has this beautiful statement where he talks about the fact that we only hurt where we care. So what matters to us always underpins our emotional pain and the flower in the pocket really delves into that. Um, This is all good stuff. If if it's okay, let's talk briefly about the other two stories in the book as well. Uh, What's the next one, The, The Unwanted Friend? Yeah, The Unwanted Friend. So The Unwanted Friend really looks at our experience of thinking uh, that voice in our head uh, that shows up as this running commentary that seems to sort of never, never stop. And 
it really focuses on how we can more effectively relate to our thoughts, particularly those thoughts that are often negative and unhelpful, um, and how we can actually change our relationship with our thinking so that our thinking is not necessarily impacting us, not necessarily always telling us what to do, and we have greater choice basically over how we respond to that thinking. So it's, as I said, really about changing our relationship with our mind, recognising we can't always control it, but we can certainly control our response. And finally, um, and if you've just tuned in, I'm talking to Dr. Kerry Haywood. Uh, Kerry is a psychologist, clinical psychologist, and she's written this book series to try and help illustrate some of the concepts which she covers in her therapy. It's called The Being Human Collection. And um, the final one is called Dragonfly, The Dragonfly in the Haze. Kerry, what happens in this mm-hmm. story? Mm. So the dragonfly in the haze is really focusing on this growing disconnection issue we're facing in society. And when we talk about disconnect, we're talking about disconnect from ourselves and in particular what matters to us and who we want to be and and feeling really aligned with who we are and how we want to live our lives. Um, But we're also talking about disconnect with others. Um, we're, we're finding and research is certainly substantiating this that levels of loneliness and disconnect are you know higher than they've ever been and the third part of disconnect being our disconnect with the physical world um, and again that that being something that's really challenging for us at the moment not only at the moment not only because we're so often fused in our in our mind and in our thoughts and we spend a lot of time in our heads but also this disconnect in terms of um the way we function as society and and technology and devices and and how they are getting in the way a lot <laughs> in our current day way of living so the dragonfly in the haze is really looking at that and and teaching us how we can be more mindful of when we are disconnected and how to come back to experience the world more fully. Do you see that if you're working with a patient um, and they're struggling with stuff and you're trying to give them advice that's going to help, do you find that mm-hmm. their device, their phone, is often working in the opposite direction? Uh, in terms of their behaviour on their devices? Yeah, is, is time spent on your phone, does it work mm. against the sorts of things you're trying to teach in therapy? Yeah, typically. I, I was actually talking to someone last night about this and, and again, research is actually showing us that these increasing levels of loneliness and the mental health conditions that can come along with that have dramatically increased. And almost even quite significantly, those levels we see have increased since the year that social media really peaked. So when our Instagram, our Twitter and all of that started coming out and becoming such a, a, a big part of everybody's lives, that we can actually see, we can actually now map how how this disconnect and loneliness has actually really come about uh, since that time. So, yeah, look, an answer to your question is, without a doubt, really creating an impact. And, and the, the paradox being that a lot, of, a lot of what the content is in our phone is, is helping us to, you know, connect to the world and connect to information and be more, you know, global. And it's actually doing the opposite. Um, and I think because it's taking away from the human connection, the, the, the ways that we, you know, typically need to connect um, for that that ultimate 
fulfillment of of humanness and as I said why we're here we're social beings we're wired to be with each other and be with each other in a really meaningful way that's really the overall message of your book right just to be human Mm. absolutely yeah to be to to come back to the beingness of the human being and so I really talk about we've got the sort of the two components to our experience we've got the human which I refer to the humanness which are these tendencies, these hardwired tendencies, which actually can work against us. And they work against us when they actually get in the way of our beingness. So this whole approach and what these books are about is becoming more aware of these human tendencies that can work against us and how we can ultimately then bring our attention and our behaviour and our experience back to a sense of beingness. Uh, Well done on the book. Thank you for your time today. Dr. Carrie Hayward, a Melbourne-based clinical psychologist. The book is The Being Human Collection. Good luck with it, Carrie. Thank you so much. Thanks again for having me.